0: Good morning ladies and gentlemen welcome to True Potential podcast number 14 here on the 24th of April and today we're going to be concentrating on investment management and joining us today from True Potential Investments we've got Jeff Casson, Chief Investment Officer, Chris Leyland who is Director of Investment Strategy, we have the managing partner of True Potential Wealth Management Steve Hutton and Managing uh, Chairman of the group, David Harrison. So welcome, gentlemen. Um, we're scattered all over the UK. I think, Jeff, you're the most northerly in Jedburgh. And then David and myself are sitting in a lovely morning in Northumberland. We've got Steve in Yorkshire and Chris in London. And I hope it's, everybody has a good day. Right, to begin with, Jeff just when we think that we've had all of the strange headlines we could ever see in the investment world, this week
1: we've had negative oil prices. Can you explain that to us, please? I think I can try and explain it, um, and I'll try and do it in a way that makes it accessible to, to everyone. Um, I think one of the other things that we can say about this event, that it is is historical, this is one of these events that hasn't occurred in the past, so we have never seen um, the WTI price in the US trade trade negatively. So that is something that none of us can say we've experienced in the past. Why was this? It's a function of, of how the the US market works. Um, we've two oil benchmarks that we are all familiar with: West Texas, um, primarily a US benchmark, and then. In, in the rest of the global markets. We have at Brent as, as the pricing benchmark. That's important because Brent contracts in the futures market, they settle in cash. Uh, that contrasts with the WTI market in the US, which settles in physical oil. So effectively, you have to take delivery of the oil um, when that contract expires, or else you roll the contract to, to the forward month. What happened on um, Monday and Tuesday of this week, Contracts for delivery in May were expiring. People didn't want to take delivery, um, so they were wanting to get out of those contracts and they were accepting negative prices um, to to exit their contract, which seems a bizarre thing for for us to be talking about, that a financial asset can trade with a negative price, but that comes from the function of how the, the futures market works oil prices are priced off of the oil futures. So that technical reason is the, the reason that we saw the oil price fall to minus 37.63 per barrel. But then subsequently, we've seen that that, that price rebound and um, close to, to $20 a barrel for, for WTI. And that's as we've moved on to the, the forward month, so thinking about the pricing for June. So a, a technical reason as to why that's the case. I think the bigger aspect that we all need to think about here is storage capacity and why those people that then were willing to exit uh, the market, they didn't want to take physical delivery, they'd know where to store it. So the main storage facility in the, the US is in Cushing, Oklahoma. And what we have seen over the past three or four weeks is the inventory levels there have continued to build and close to that facility is close to 80 to 85 percent of at capacity. That does mean that storage is, is at a real premium. Um, we've seen people storing oil on tankers pipelines are relatively full and that's because there's there's no real demand at the end of the day we know where flight volumes are we're all sitting at home um, there's no travel to and from work that's all having an impact on demand the positive and the other side is is just what it means for for us as consumers and um, going forward um once things start to return to to normal i suppose in the inverted commas um the price of petrol will be cheaper um, the price of my heating oil has has definitely been cheaper. Um, given that you know this week the the order that we placed was at a near 50% discount to where it was just eight weeks ago. So that that's a positive. That will help consumers. It will help corporates. Um, but it's not doesn't mean unfortunately that we may not that we might see prices trade negatively again as we roll forward to the end of May when the June contract comes for expiry. Particularly, if storage facilities in in North America remain relatively full, hopefully that that helps explain that a little bit. I think we've also put out, or we will be sorry, putting out uh, an article later on today, which will will help with that. Thanks, Jeff. And I so saw David uh, perk up a
0: little bit there when we're talking about the price of um, heating oil. Uh, David, I think also you've you've got a, a story about Cushing in Oklahoma. David, could I just stop there? Um,
2: it's been one of those
1: days.
2: <laughs> 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 to, to negative oil phrases, negative IQ at the moment.
0: Um, well, David, the number of times you've trapped us by mining <laughs> there and waiting <laughs> for somebody to jump in and say the microphone's not, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I was just thinking, I was just saying the oil is so cheap, I bought some for you, Um, (laughs) because I think people should do that. You know, I was going to give you a clap as well, because I think you're uh, a great guy and a hero. Um, So, and stay safe, whatever you do. Um, Yes, Oklahoma, I don't know if anybody's ever been there. Hardly anybody ever goes there. When I tell my American friends, I'm going to Oklahoma. They look as, as if I'm mad you know you normally only go there to go to jail um or something they have all sorts of institutions in Oklahoma it's uh, um including my mother's buried there my mother lived there and was buried there so um Sally and I went to uh, find her grave um and what I can remember about that not just Cushing the the, the Oklahoma is a funny state, it could be a cowboy state, but it's also had a lot of coal in its time, had a lot of shale, oil, and there's huge storage facilities there for oil, and as uh, Jeff alluded to there, full up. Um, but I, I'll just tell you, this, I, I spent all day looking for a grave, right? <laughs> Only mad people um, would do that, we did. But the problem was the heat. They it, it, it still measure things in Fahrenheit. You know, that's, that's the kind of people they are. And uh, so <laughs> it was 120 degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> or something. I don't know if it was or somebody was just saying that because I think they'd just say anything there. They're just seriously funny people. And uh, we spent all day, and the end of which, my what little hair I had left on the top of my head had gone. It had just been burned. I found the grave, by the way. All the rest of it. And we went for something to eat. There's nowhere nowhere to stay, really. We stayed in, you know, tried all these places uh, and finally found a little place up, up the freeway. I went for something to eat in a Chinese <laughs> Chinese restaurant, right? On an Indian reservation. <laughs> so we had, I don't know, the Navajo or hovaho or whatever. So the Native Americans, but um and there was a Native American sheriff under Sharif. I'm um, going to ask a, a question where the word, this is a query for you guys because you're very clever. Where does the uh, name Sheriff come from? There's the one. Just think about that for a few years and then come back with the answer. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Answers on a, <laughs> yeah, that's right. on a postcard.
2: Answered on an arrow <laughs> from Oklahoma. The, uh, the Sheriff came in with one of his prisoners into this restaurant right sat down next to us he had a proper gun like two gun people he just had one gun but he had like a revolver then I was thinking to myself oh no if I could you know kind of sneak it out but then I thought no better not because you know it's been a sad day and my head's on fire so anyway he was sitting there and we noticed he had handcuffs on this bloke so he must have he must have had him locked up right but he wanted something to eat So out he came. But the sheriff's family joined him. So the sheriff and his family were eating away, and this bloke was sitting, and every time he went to get something, he had this, I was thinking, this is, you know, when people say surreal, I was wondering, what does surreal mean? You know, surreal. It's like something of the hippie days, you know, surreal. And Anyway, this was odd, I have to say. The food was all right, actually. Food was all right, but um, anyway, that's Oklahoma. It's just it's a good place to read about, I think, you know. Um, but it's not a good place to have your mother buried in because going there is, you know, hell. But for anybody listening from Oklahoma, I think you're great. Especially if you're a sheriff.
3: I don't also, know what this
2: guy was locked up for, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed a nice bloke, actually. You know, talking to him as if he was like a local. And you'd think it was a joke, you know. <laughs> Here's, here's my prisoner. I've got him, but I don't know. It's uh, anyway uh, sur- surreal days where you can buy something and, and somebody says I- I'll sell you something. Here's some money.
0: <laughs>
2: here's some money to buy it with. You also,
0: know. David, you know you we're talking about eating Chinese food in an Indian reservation at 120 degrees. Yeah, that could be where COVID 19 started. Oh, uh, you see, that's how rumours start.
2: Right, Mark Trump. Okay, <laughs> how, how dare you say it started in China? You know, where's the evidence for that? You know, unlike a negative voice price, that has happened before. You know, it has. You know, but you never know who's listening. What I'm, what I'm looking forward to is getting that sort of Geordi, um 5G stuff, the Huawei stuff that's coming in. <laughs> I, I i thought that was made in i thought it was made in north shields not not, not china we've got some hawaii stuff here so and we've got you know all sorts of g's and e's there's a lot of in sun there's a lot of like e commerce going on e have you been to the shops e i that kind of stuff Dude, is, that's, that's a, some that's that's feedback i say we quite enjoyed david's ramblings and somebody said, "That's maybe because you are talked about going for a walk, going on a ramble, or it might be that I should actually shut up right now and hand back you
0: Well, I was going to ask you a further question. So for the person who said he enjoys their ramblings, I'm also going to be very popular with them because you know you you've've you've traveled you've travelled in North America, you've been into South America and the Far East. And one of the things I noticed is you 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 bring ideas back, which help the business, but also, you, you tend to look at what's happening in the marketplace as well. Uh, just one example that, that, that I noticed is when we were in Hong Kong last September and we both noticed the number of Tesla cars on the streets. Yes. You know And that was really, we didn't appreciate it at the time, but it was an indicator of the popularity of electric vehicles in China. And um, when you've been looking at things and you've, you've made some investments do you, do you tend to look at what's happening on the ground and form a view of, of, from there?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, people should never follow me, not even out of curiosity. Okay, the, 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 um, I, I, I there's two sides to what I do, uh, when it comes to investing. The serious money, I would say to anybody, um, unless you're going to do it full time, as in you're getting up in the morning at four o'clock and trying, know uh, and try and make a living from it the same as you could have maybe a professional gambler it's very much like that if you're trying to beat the market all the time okay there are billions literally billions maybe trillions of dollars spent every year on that that process of investing people's money it's a very 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 serious business and it's huge so you can see the contribution when financial services makes biggest contribution to Britain's exports and things like that is because there's a huge amount of play there. Um, And that's where I'd say, well, that's where my serious money always has been. It's just, I leave it to people who do it for a living. Okay, what I've got good and bad experience of investing uh, other money for myself. I, I, uh, in the days before ISIS and PEPS, I don't know what, there was some of the scheme, scam from the government, and I remember losing all my money. Um, in uh, I think it was about six thousand pounds, which is a lot of money. Well, for you, Mark, it's a lot of money right now. It was a lot of money for me back then. Um, you know, it's a lot of money for anybody, and I lost a lot. And one of them was the South Atlantic Trawler Company. If you were there, Captain Birdseye, whoever sank that trawler down in this this is before the Falklands carry on, and we could add a force majeure thing, if if they just sunk my ship, even if the ship existed, right? And there's another one, nursing homes from a guy, a a, a sick doctor, (laughs) Um, who ended up doing nursing homes in Devon and Cornwall. All those things in in my brain, you know, I worry about any money going into Devon and Cornwall because of that. Um, And I certainly didn't look on the ground in the South Atlantic. I do know where it is. Um, but I, I didn't go there, and the money went. Um, when we were working in Colombia, uh, the, the one of the biggest companies in the world in terms of extracting, extraction and things, it's like a, a company called Glencore, and, and I like Glencore on the basis of they they were traders. They were very and still are very bright people in that area, um, but they sort of. Uh, integrated backwards into actually physically owning things. Um, and they've done very, very well. I mean, uh, they, they are a great company. Um, and I saw them firsthand. Um, I saw they set up in uh, quite a challenging environment, um, finding oil and finding coal and things like that in companies uh, such as Columbia. It's quite challenging. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, I just... It, a final point on that you know i think i mentioned weeks ago what's happened to venezuela you know this was before you know uh, the virus situation you know all of a sudden the media's jumped from venezuela to syria to i forget what what the latest one was where i don't know who started the bbc must think here's something itv've got like a a webcam looking into what they're doing so they get exactly the same story and then channel four have a look at it as well and what channel four decide to do is go oh that's a little bit too positive for us let's try and see if we can make it even more negative i'll get a lanky bloke with silly socks on to argue and and shout at people you know like a bad tempered lanky bloke you know where no in normal situation you just say hey shut up you know i'm just trying to have a conversation for you i'm trying to give you some information not for you but for but for your readers so i i think that you know when you i don't even know what i was talking about there that was a ramble uh, and, you know that was a so i just did that on purpose to let you say what a ram, what a real rambling looks like you are rambling in venezuela in venezuela venezuela still there right uh, probably more i've got no great love for venezuela or Colombia, one of my, you know him, Nick, we, we got him to come out to Colombia once, <laughs> and he thought he'd go the cheap way, buy a Caracas and places like that. <laughs> He's never been the same again, you know. Really. No. <laughs> no. I've, and, I've, I've strayed into Venezuela, but just at the bottom end of a little river, and then strayed back out again. And David, so you, was, make,
0: you you make a good point about serious money, um, and uh, Sorry, Jeff, I I know you're going to come in there, but if I can go to Chris first on this and and just talk about the managers that we have um, and the, the, the research capabilities that we've got through the portfolios. You know, is it important that the investment managers that we use in True Potential Portfolios have people on the ground to be able to see what's going on? And
3: how does that feed into the portfolios, please? yeah, Mar, I think it's it's a really important point. I think from my perspective, it's it's essential that they have people on the ground. And with the true potential portfolios, we're actually in a really favorable position in the sense that we're not just relying on one manager with one research department, we have all the different managers that we work with, and we can use all of their research. So that means that we have access to huge amount of research analysts that are positioned right the way around the world and if you think about it you know it it makes sense the reality is is if you want to invest in let's say china you need someone who's on the ground there you need someone that understands the the local customs the local politics there as well as actually being able to to do that research into the individual companies uh, maybe a good example of it would be Allianz. So Allianz have a, a China A shares fund, which is held within the the True Potential portfolios. It's it's run by someone who's who's actually in China. Um, so again, it's it's done fantastically, uh, and they've got real access there. And it's not necessarily just access from the analysts, but it's also access with companies. I know I, th- I think. Uh, the three of you all went on a, a UBS trip to China. And I know UBS do a lot of work with the Chinese government to, to basically open up that access even further. But I think for me, what is quite interesting is you know, maybe January time this year. So thinking about what was happening with the coronavirus, it was very much concentrated within China. But what I think is great is obviously if the managers have people on the ground in China, then you can actually get a perspective from people on the ground on what is happening, how it is affecting them individually, how it's affecting the companies, how it's affecting the overall economy. So uh, I guess that's quite a long answer, but the short answer is I think it's absolutely essential. Yeah, and if I,
0: if we bring Jeff in here because Jeff before you joined True Potential, you're running an emerging market fund for Martin Curry, so you must have done you know, hundreds of, of, of research pieces and gone on visits to the, the emerging market countries that you're looking to invest in. Could you expand a little bit on that for us, please?
1: Yeah, certainly. And very very much like Chris said, we didn't have have a team on the ground in in all of the locations. We're a relatively small team, but what did that mean that we, we traveled a lot? So we traveled a lot to the various regions to meet with with the companies at which we would invest. And that was a crucial an important part of of what we did. And why do I say that? Because when you've got people on the ground or you're making the effort to to go and visit the companies, you're not just speaking to the polished IR team and the the CFO, the CEO who's out on a road trip around London, Edinburgh, Boston, New York, and they're running the same pitch all the time. So you can't really get them off the agenda that they want to talk to unless you're very astute with the questioning that you're bringing to them. When you go and meet companies, you want to actually meet some of the operating staff. And that's what the likes of the the Allianz team are able to do in China. By getting an insight from those that are actually running the business and delivering on it, you get an insight into, well, is actually what I'm hearing from the CEO, the CFO really correct? You get a bit of an insight into some of the challenges that they may or may not be having. And then I think the other side of why it's important to, to get out there and meet both companies but also to try and understand the the political direction and this is a thing that is is crucial in in asia it's crucial in emerging markets politics can have a very significant impact on the outcome for businesses be that from regulatory policy or macro policy that's enacted and that is something that you only get by by going out there and speaking to those that are involved in that and that to me was one of the things I i felt really lucky um, in my career to be able to have been able to do that and to go and meet companies and to learn about them firsthand. And that's now what we're harnessing through the the network of, of, of investment partners that we work with. And it's those local insights that are driving the active decisions that are being made within the, the portfolios today. So that that's really important and something that we are able to harness for our clients and deliver that into the portfolios
0: yeah thank you. Uh, and Steve um, looking from the true potential wealth management point of view and and clients, what are you hearing from people in the field in the UK the end investors that were 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 privileged to look after their money?
4: hi everybody morning everybody um, that's an interesting question mark because I have grown up uh, in my career in in the distribution of investments, so I've been, you know, very lucky to have listened to a lot of investment uh, professionals speak over the years. What we are hearing is that, um, you know, these times are very difficult for even the professionals, and as we're seeing, you know, the markets are moving quickly, volatility is there, but it seems absolutely that we should communicate the message that, as David has said, and and you've all said. Make sure you're putting your trust in the professionals. Do not try DIY investing everybody because you'll absolutely get your fingers burnt in these markets. You will in any markets these days are a lot quicker. I I started in investment markets in 1983 and if you excuse my uh, terminology, there's there's always been a lot of BS bingo um, in investment parlance. You know, you used to get sell in May and go away. Um, You know, I used to hear investment managers talking about when black cab drivers in London started talking about investments, it was time to sell. Uh, you know, we had Mrs. Thatcher saying, you'll never book the market. Um, all this is, you know, is, is sort of misleading in effect that in, in effect, you shouldn't ever, unless you are a professional, as David has said, try and make your own decisions in the investment market. What we're hearing back from our advisors, and I would please if there's clients listening as well, which there are, and advisors, communicate with each other. It's a great time to, to make sure you're talking as you are to your loved ones, talk to your advisors, talk to your clients, because when you hear things in the press, about certain investment opportunities, certain investment types, it's time to consult the professionals before you make a decision on it. And what you should remember everybody is as well that, you know, taking your money out uh, of your, you know, your set goal plan and putting it into cash, for example, is an investment decision. That, that's not some kind of, you know, oh, I've, I've got out of investments. No, investing in cash is exactly that. You're making an investment decision by taking your money out of your of your plan. So, Give give your money to the professionals. And don't forget, everybody, we, we offer discretionary asset management in True Potential Investments, which is an overlay. And what I would say here, before I waffle on, is that what we often see is large companies look after large companies. So the beauty of having our discretionary asset managers, Jeff and Chris and you, Mark, and the team, they keep these big companies honest. So when a big company tries to do something that might, in our opinion, be to the detriment of our clients, we hold them out on it. We call them out and say, why are you doing it? We want you to stay within these risk parameters. We have a tried and tested path that our clients are set upon. And also, you know, it, it just stops them putting their company before our clients. And I think this is working really well for us. the
1: Should I I maybe just build on that ever so slightly, Stephen, one of the the things that just touches to the the oil market um, and the oil ETFs um, over the past number of weeks have seen quite a significant inflow of people trying to to call the bottom of, of the oil market. And one of the challenges that that has caused, particularly in the US, because these oil ETFs use the futures market to price, they've actually had quite a significant value loss. as as a result of the roll of the the futures contracts from May when they were trading negatively to a positive contract in um, the June price. And that has resulted in people losing quite a significant amount of capital in some of the the US ETFs. I think the other thing that I just wanted to to highlight there is that not all ETFs are are created equal in that regard. And some people who have really thought they can call the bottom have been using some of the levered ETFs so a, a three times levered ETF on the US oil market. Well, when the, the oil price is falling as it has done, and then you've seen the capital call to try and roll into the next contract, mm-hmm. we've seen actually two or three ETFs have to, to completely close in the US as they have um, effectively run out of cash. And that is is the unintended consequence of, of not fully understanding uh, potentially, what what people are getting involved in. So I just wanted to, to highlight that as as one of those those real points of, of of pinch that that brings this to to the reality.
4: I think you've highlighted there, Jeff, several really pertinent issues that we're seeing in the in the market with our clients. Um, the sort of drive with some of the other platforms, if you like, out there allowing investors who are retail people just to go in and make their own decisions. Um, I think, are really dangerous. I think you're looking at, you know, you've got to understand what you're buying. Now, you talk then about ETFs and passive investing. I'll say something now, which is BS bingo, if you like, on, on investment partners, but full replication. So people will think they're buying a passive fund that invests in an index, and they think they get the performance of that index. Well, let me tell everybody, invariably you won't, because they don't fully replicate the index. So again, you've got to understand what you're buying. You've got to understand how you're buying it now a lot of people talk about investing in china it's very difficult to invest in china we talk about ubs they have to to invest in their a shares i believe you have to have actually you know a company and a firm presence within china to do it Um, timing everybody you'll never time the market and if you're trying to do it in retail funds you've got to leave it to the professionals because if you're buying a fund the pricing will be delayed by one or two days so you're missing any kind of timing advantage you think you're getting and then, again, on pricing, you know, put it in the hands of the professionals. With our buying power, we'll get a far better price than you can even pretend to get on the market. So, there again are just four or five dynamics that as a, as a DIY investor, you leave yourselves open to chance. And, you know, why do that? It, it's your goals. You've set it in place for your retirement or whatever or whatever life goal you're going towards. Why become a gambler with it? Put it in the hands of the, um, of the professionals and, you know, listen to what we're saying and, and, and ride out the storm.
2: Mark, the, the, just to, to, to kind of continue that, that theme there, um, Steve mentioned, I just want to just disclaim it when uh, I think Chris said the three of us went on a UBS uh, trip. Um, we, just so clients know, you, it, there was a UBS conference in China that we visited. We didn't get one single penny or one single drink, I have to say, because of the meme. <laughs> I know one of you at least used to work for them, um, so uh, it was all expenses paid for by us <laughs> trip um, out there. But um, we were we got an invite, but most of the time, yeah, exactly as you're saying, uh, the investment chaps are saying there that um, you know you're getting views from people who are keen to impress you and all the rest of it. The, the the benefit of these trips for me are what you see and what you pick up. So, wandering around Shanghai, you know, you can actually see real China. You can actually, you know, uh, different parts. If you just go on foot, once again, I would say I'd partly recommend that. Um, just when you're on your holidays, just have a little look around and see what's going on. Um, I uh, invested in uber some time ago as well on and off but i was interested you know the taxi cab driver you know the tips you get from them um the, the black cab drivers are are great at times uh, just speaking as a as a lad from newcastle they get in and recognize the accent and go what's happening with your football team and off they go and they tell you all about your football team and they know me i'm with the, the arsenal the arsenal governor um you get all that stuff from them, which is quite interesting for about I don't know, can be quite interesting. Um but this bloke got in, I don't know if he was drunk or mad, but I got in one day and I said, I need to go down to Canary Wharf. Yeah, jump in, Governor. And he said, and do you use Uber? And I said, <laughs> I thought, well no. No, no, because all I wanted to do was make a phone call and I felt like saying if you if you can just like stop this diatribe of rubbish. And just concentrate on driving because that was the other thing that was going on. You know, he'd been driving all his life, which meant he could talk to me like that and drive, you know, and then another bike, you know, another bike. You know, he's trying his best to like maim cyclists and all. That. Anyway, we got down the canary wall, and, saying, and you've and you've got to have the knowledge. Those Uber drivers don't have the knowledge, you know, and I hear the... Uh, they, 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 they they're doing all sorts of things. They're into prostitution. They're into this, into that. So it was this whole thing. Yeah, right. And he said, where did he say it was again? And I, I give him the address. He says, oh, I don't know where that is. <laughs> 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 this is Canary. This is Canary walk I said, oh, I know that. All right. all right, can you give us the address? I said, oh, I've just given you the address. I said, I've got the address there. That's the name of the company. That's the address. Right. Okay. Uh, I'll just ask somebody. I said, "Look, it's on Google Maps here." Right. I said, "I think that's what Uber uses, is it?" Oh, I've no idea. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I said, I, I,
2: you know, I said that's what they use when they traffic people and things like that." You know, I think that's what they use this this little device here, and we found it. You know, and he, he couldn't get it into his skull that there's a mixture there. I quite enjoy the crack of these people, but you're picking up, aren't you? You pick up from them several things there, you're picking up some kind of deep hatred of some people, you're picking up some kind of deep hatred of what he perceives as replacing him, the future, which is just an app after all. Um, uh, I did a little bit of talk yesterday where I mentioned BP Me, the app that you can use to pay for petrol and things like this, the difference that might make if they get the app to work, um, both me and Mark have been um, banned from it. I think they have banned us because it's like cheap petrol now, so you know, I'm going to fill up right now. I'm going to, going to fill my car up, add your car, add the boot of my car with petrol, because <laughs> you never know when you're going to need it. You know? But, but I, the, the serious point is, when you're on the ground like that, just wandering around, almost not paying attention, you see how many Tesla cars, you see how many Audi and BMW electric cars there are in Shanghai, right? Electric, electric scooters, things like this. Now, that might not be the future. That mightn't be the future. That's, not, that's into the foolish art of predicting, okay, and forecasting beyond where you can see. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's food for thought because they're there. Those companies are there in strength. making more cars with electric motors than anywhere else in the world, and they're already there. Nobody really knows that they've gone there. I would say one, uh, 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 I hazard a guess, one in three, maybe one in four cars in Hong Kong that we saw were Tesla. You didn't hear them, you just saw them. You know, there they go. Um, now, is that the future? I don't know. It's one of several futures, uh, no doubt about that. But they've invested in that. Now, information that that gives people on the ground who are managing our money at that, uh, they, they're living that. There, there was a, a company called Looking Lookin Coffee, L U C K I N, Looking Coffee. Because uh, Lookin uh, we were joking, going, come on, let's go and have a cup of Looking Coffee, you know, ha ha ha. Like that, like foolish, like foolish grown ups. Um, but they were opening a store, right? One, uh, uh, three stores a day currently, three new outlets in China every single day. So they're not now at the moment, they're, they're, they're you know, on, I don't know what they're doing. At the moment. Nobody's David, it's
1: about. an interesting one that that, that coffee company yeah. at the minute, because as you say, they're, they're they're not really doing anything, and the reason that they're they're a bit curtailed at the moment is that there's there's a slight investigation into whether they they were actually opening those three coffee stores <laughs> as they were telling us. So. Um, or they were telling everybody at that point in time so i think being on the ground actually allowed us to see that there was a lot of these coffee stores starting to to come around the place but actually were they just in in one vicinity um so i thought that was was quite an interesting story that you know <laughs> it just we lets you, lets you see where where they are um but then somebody else with with their boots in the ground is is out analyzing this in in further detail and and querying them, and only doing that by having people on the ground.
2: Absolutely, Jeff. When we were when we were um, selling the previous company, what, um, and of course the City of London is there. But the people that we were interested in buying, we put uh, livery, our own livery, on two taxis. Right, two black cabs, and we had both them bright green cabs with a name on the side of it. Um, and uh, we went to see some people and they said, oh, let's go for lunch, you know, which they do in London. And uh, we went out and one of these taxis pulled up with our name on the side. And we got in and drove away and the bloke said, how much did you pay for that to happen? And it, we actually hadn't, <laughs> just a coincidence. And we're so driving along, there's another one come the other way, you know? And he kind of looked at us and I felt as though I'd planned that but I hadn't, but he thought I had, mm. you know? And there's a bit uh, of that goes on at those, at those doos that we were at with UBS where, where the analyst was saying China is great and this is what's happening. Cause they also cited uh, that lot from Seattle, the other coffee company, the big one. Um, I hate all those stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's a cup of coffee, get over yourselves. You know, um, skinny latte, all sorts of go and get us started but anyway also in there you could just go and have a free cup of coffee just to fill the coffee just go like that or you could stand in the queue with all the rest of the fools no one all had their own little cups you know um and they'd go and get a special coffee you know and they paid money for that whereas we just got the free coffee which is probably I don't know probably the same people making it I think it comes from the same coffee tree. this coffee grown on trees. That's a question as well. It's coffee grown under the ground up on trees.
0: David, um, one of the things that we've been doing with the the True Potential staff over the lockdown period has been asking them about um, the Netflix shows that they're watching. You know, what what are you watching at the moment?
2: Um, So a really good violent thing last night, Gangs of London. Uh, it had people in it, they had that taxi driver in
0: there? <laughs> I think that, that you know we've talked about the oil companies and and the effect that, that the lockdowns had on them globally, but Netflix is a quite an interesting one to take a look at. Yep. And you know that they, they announced some the latest subscriber
1: numbers this week, Jeff. yeah, they they did, and I suppose it really indicates the two things to me. one, Um, the impact of of lockdown and people shifting to these online streaming devices. Um, So what did they they report during the week? That subscriber numbers had increased by 14 million. Um, To give you an idea, the, the analyst community thought it would increase by eight. I think that just tells you that nobody really is able to forecast at the minute these things are so unprecedented and and different that that people are just not able to forecast the frame of references is is difficult but that's also something that we do have exposure to within the true potential portfolios both directly and indirectly so our clients are participating in in some of these trends as well and to to just build on something that, that david said earlier if we look back at our trip to china it was very evident of of the shift to to online um, we got great indication of that from the discussions that we've had with Alliance. But then last week, when we, we saw the, the retail sales numbers um, come through from from China, 24 percent of retail sales in the first quarter were online. That that just shows two things. One, that that economy is really embracing online. Um, but secondly, it's leading the way. If I look at the UK, we look at the US, it's, it's a sub 20 percent number of, of retail sales. That are that are online now. That clearly will have have, have spiked up over the the recent periods. But um, China, Asia, um, are at the forefront of that, both from a, a retail perspective, but also from a, a streaming of of video service. So Netflix is is much more um, what we're used to in in developed markets. Um, in China, you have their their equivalents, run by the likes of Tencent and Alibaba. Where Where we also have exposure in in the portfolios through what our managers are doing in in China. So we've got exposure to these trends that are changing. Um, whether they're they' they're structural changes, It's very difficult to say. no one knows, but the the evidence is there that there are changes, and we do have uh, exposure to that um within the portfolios. And because of the diversification in the portfolios,
0: we're not just looking at one particular area. If we take the pharmaceutical sector, we'll have exposure in the portfolios to the companies who are leading the fight against the coronavirus as well. So, Chris, could, you know, just, just to expand a little bit on that as well,
3: pharmaceuticals play a big part in, in the investment philosophy that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're completely right. I think what is quite interesting is probably if I talk about one of our managers, which is 7im. And last year, they they put on a, a longer term sort of thematic position, which was around healthcare. And within that position, um, the rationale behind it was basically that people are living for longer. Uh, the emerging markets have more money to spend on healthcare overall. Therefore, there will be a, a big push on spending in, in healthcare over the coming years. Um, I think what's quite interesting, obviously, that that trade played out incredibly well over the short term in the sense that everything that's happened within the the coronavirus, if we look at the other managers that we have, we do have a large representation within pharmaceuticals overall. Um, And for me, that's that's great. You know, pharmaceutical companies right now are absolutely determined to, to try and come up with a vaccine. And I'm sure... Whichever one does or whichever joint venture comes up with a vaccine will do exceptionally well. So within the portfolios, there's a really good representation there, which has been beneficial.
0: Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, coming back into the UK, we've seen some inflation figures announced this week, one and a half percent. Is there anything we can read into that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think from my perspective, um if you look, what is the the reason why inflation's come down? So it's come down from one point seven to to one point five. a lot of that is is around energy prices, but it's also around, I guess a lack of demand. You know if people are at home, if you're not seeing people working as much, there is there's less demand overall. If you look at core inflation, so that uh, takes out energy, food, and, and also alcohol as well. Uh, that's actually come down a, a little bit less. So that's come down from 1.7 just to, to 1.6. But what I would say is, you know, really, I think next month figures. So they usually come out around about the 25th of the month. Um, I think that will be more interesting because then you'll have the effects of of what we're actually going through right now. And to see how that has then affected overall, Inflation figures coming through, but also those those lower oil prices that have been coming through as well I think also this time we've got lower inflation coming through but interest rates are
0: at rock bottom again. Yeah, you know, and Steve Are you getting any any comments coming through from clients and advisors about the fact that you're getting what? 0.1% interest on on cash at the moment?
4: We are not I mean, I referred earlier to people who are investing in cash as being a positive decision for them. They're actually making a decision to invest into cash. Um, A lot of our savers, because a lot of our our clients are of an age where they've built up some capital, so they're looking to sort of how they're going to make that capital work for them. And it's not going to work by putting it in a cash investment. It's actually, you know, you're not getting any return. And when you're building some inflation on, on top, you're actually losing money if you're putting it in cash. So, yeah, our advisors are saying, you know, Trying to talk to the clients and say, "Look, there is still a wall of money in cash Isis, for example. So it's fine putting it under a, a tax-efficient wrapper, but you're getting no growth. So it almost negates the tax efficiency of the product. If you're looking at an ISA, you should look for one that's really your stocks and shares ISA, as it's still called. But you know, putting money into a cash ISA, everybody, you're shielding. You know, the tax break you're getting is non-existent because you're not you're not making any money on it. The other issue on, on allowances, and whilst I'm on it, is you know. We hear gentlemen in our investment teams talking about the stimulus coming into the economies from governments. This has to be paid for at some point. Now, I make this point on, on most of our webinars with our advisors and for and, and clients as well. I would say you need to use your allowances because now more than ever, you either lose them or you will. Sorry, use them or you will lose them because um, you know pension allowances are very favourable in the UK. Still, uh, they were slightly amended at the last uh, the last budget. But still, you need to use them because this will be an area where the government will look to trim the sales, as it were, and cut costs. Uh, so you should use your allowances this year, make sure that you're giving the money across and, and, and funding towards your investment goals.
1: Just to add to that, Mark, I think one of the things, is, as Chris has alluded to there, that, yes, inflation is, is low today. But that's not to say that that, that remains low um, going forward. And I think, you know, even doing shopping at, at this point in time, you're starting to see some foodstuffs. Uh, inflation start to be evident there, and that probably is one of those areas where inflation can pick up relatively sharply, given the, the, the changes that we've seen um, given the the lockdowns that are in place and the challenges that that's presenting, particularly as it relates to fresh produce, and that could um, start to, to to spike into inflation as we go through this year. I think the other thing as well, just to to always keep in mind, is that the the base effect that we'll see um, from the lower energy prices as we roll forward 12 months will be quite significant. And so if if oil prices and petrol prices only move up 5 10% over that period relative to where they are today, that in terms of the low base effect will have a a quite material impact on the the underlying inflation rate at a time when the, the central bank and the government are issuing um a lot of a lot of guilt into the marketplace so they'll they'll be in the quandary that they, they don't want interest rates to pick up but in inflation rates and um, could be gradually moving up an impact of where we are from the base effect and also as the the stimulus kicks its way through yeah and and all you, of this.
0: See,
1: sorry steve i was
0: going to say all of this has to be paid for you know we've 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 got the the uk borrowing at 180 billion for the next three months so the, there is a price to pay
4: I mean, what I would say on that, everybody, is if you just look at the numbers there that Jeff has alluded to, say we hit the government's target and it may well overshoot this or whatever, but of 2% when interest rates and savings rates are in basis points. Now, basis points, everybody, are a percentage of, you know, a percent, if you like. So 0.1 is is 10 basis points. So you're actually losing money on your savings by putting it in a cash ISA. you're going backwards. But putting money into cash you are going backwards at a rate of up to 2%. Now, people say, well, it's great for mortgages. Most clients who are getting towards the midterm when they've built up some asset assets are not really interested in mortgage because they have smaller mortgages or no mortgage at all. So it, it really will hurt cash investors. And there doesn't, we could be in the perfect storm where interest rates are not going up and inflation starts to perk up a little bit you're losing a lot of money in your savings. Please take financial advice. Come and talk to us about it.
0: Yeah, good good point, Stephen. You know, for us, when, we, when we've been seeing from the investment side, such huge swings in markets each day, there's been a relative calm and a return to normal trading over the last couple of days where you've seen what we term as basis points increases. But that is the 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 leveling out of volatility, Jeff, has been seen in in most major markets over the t- the course of this week.
1: Yeah, I think that that's very true, and it, where it's been probably most evidence where volatility has declined has been in in government. Uh, treasury markets in the US and also in sovereign markets across uh, UK, Europe and Asia. And that, again, is, is one factor that's driving that is the, the intervention that central banks are are making within those markets to to remove the volatility that we did see uh, towards the end of March. So volatility in, in bond markets has definitely uh, returned to, to what we would probably call more normal levels. And then in equity markets as well, we started to see the the significant moves drop down. And and as you say, this week has has brought a slightly more uh, normal environment to to the equity trading. But within that, I think it is masking some of the the underlying trends and the volatility that we're seeing at some of the the sectoral levels. So as as Chris has alluded to, healthcare has done well, um, but then energy and materials, anything that's related to to commodities has been in in a very difficult place. And just one other thing around that it, it just speaks to um, the, the, the strength of some of these business models the likes of amazon um, in the us google um, or alphabet as it's now called they, they've continued to to perform perform well and and that that's 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 evident because of the success that they're having at this point in time they're still able to deliver growth um, some of the other businesses um, be they commodities, be they financials, um, particularly the banks at this point in time, they are challenged. So inter-sector uh, volatility is is still evident, um, but at the the broad headline level, you're right, it, it's definitely uh, come down quite materially from from the peak of only three weeks ago. Well,
2: can I, I just um, I know we're kind of beginning to wind up here. Just a couple of important points I think for for listeners really the. the what we're talking about here um you've got intrinsic value in uh, uh, a lot of the stocks and shares which are in these funds um that value hasn't changed okay that 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 that, that is the point you know these stocks and shares and bonds and uh, were bought because of their value now what has changed is it, what you begin to see is relative relativity versus other measures right um uh, so it's it's important to know that that money and that value is still there and will definitely come back. OK, uh, it's a great example. And we, we did a, little, well, a lot of work with Open University to build a, a finance uh, centre there. And one of the things I was keen to get across is to just explain in easy language what inflation does to you. And Steve just alluded to it there. When you say to somebody, look, you know, let's just use easy figures. I'm getting 1% in my deposit account in a cash isa, which personally I would ban cash isas. I think it leads the unsuspecting a person into the wrong area because I think, yeah, I've got my money. It's growing tax-free. It's not growing. You know, you, you only pay tax on something that it grows. It's not growing at all in real terms. So you get 1%. You invest 100 pounds at the end of the first year. You've got 101. If inflation is 2%, what you were going to buy a year ago for 100 pounds now costs you 102 pounds to buy it. You have lost a pound. You have lost that money. Right? You're not actually not saving. Your money actually isn't growing. So you're growing. You see people saving money to get a deposit on the on, on a, uh, a bank uh, on, a, on a house sorry they never get there the growth won't get you there you only get there by the amount of money you pile in you know by accumulating money by putting it to one side by putting it out a harm's way that's the only way you can actually save if you're using cash you can't use cash to grow your money it's it's false so where do you put it? Well, of course, you put some money there. You've got to be using it the next year or two. That's where you, you, you put cash. Using an ISA allowance or something like that, it's just a waste. Th- these are great things that the government give. Okay, G- governments lately haven't given us much, but what, what they have given are hugely valuable. So pension allowances, ISA, tax-free status, and those grow, uh, growth, tax growth without being taxed, if you like, inside those funds. These are fantastic weapons for our um, uh, investors to to use. And as Steve said, get advice. You don't need advice every single day. But, you know, that's, that's why we provide these sort of things. That's for the, the Black Cab Driver. It's got Google Maps on, but it's also got uh, the True Potential app on there. So it will help you understand the world better, Mr. Driver. Uh, but the, the the main thing here, right, second point, we're seeing certain companies get, being troubled and certain institutions being troubled. That started before coronavirus. What these pandemics, what these things do, right, um, is, is that I, I'm, great, I'm asking people questions from a book called Factfulness. I've just given it away so they'll go and buy it now and they'll, now they'll know the answers, but I've asked all you these same questions um, so that you think I'm clever. It's actually I'm reading from a book. But in there, the guy who wrote this, a uh, chap called Hans Roslin, uh, he was asked what, what are the four or five biggest things he worries about for the human race. Number one, this was written three years ago, number one, a pandemic. Number one, pandemic. And nobody reads those books. I've asked politicians. I've asked top business people, they all get out of 13, they get three or four out of 13. We're so far away. Even the words earlier was in emerging countries. Oh, they've emerged. They're bigger than us. Their GDP is much, they, they don't need to trade outside of Asia, right? In a little place called Europe. These are huge places, right? So you can't, you know, we, we get, Filled full of media rubbish, frankly, and there's so much American sympathy and other stuff. Despite Donald Trump trying to turn everybody against Americans, there's a, there's a lot of claptrap BSs it comes from different areas. But unless you're careful, you soak that in. It pays to try where you can, just to sit calmly and every single day take in facts and figures. The top forecasters, the super forecasters are Dominic Cummins told the media to go and read the book. So I've read that book two or three times. They make little predictions and they look at those predictions maybe once or twice every single day. They're constantly adjusting what their forecasts are. Constantly, because you can't make it and then walk away. You've got to look at it because every time you look at it and it changes, you're learning. And that's what makes them good. That's what makes super superpodcasts a tiny amount. And they're not an intelligent community, otherwise we wouldn't have been in Iran or or whatever. We, you know, uh, and we wouldn't be in the mess we are. So we can see that those companies who already had grasped online as a particular way of efficiency were there. You look at the the, the TV things go, oh, look at the poor high street. Well, ask the council why the what you go and ask the local council, right? That you all vote for why the, the high street's dying when allow charity shops don't pay rates. Where in Newcastle, every year they allow people in stalls. And I mean, if they're paying rates, I'm a daft person, and maybe I'm a daft person, but I'm a I was going to say I'm an Irishman, but I've got a, I am, uh, you know, the, the, I'm not a scouser, but I probably could be, you know, at the end of the day. Right. market stores, outside shops have been paying rates, huge rates all year long. Then they wonder why shops are shutting. Right. The, the whole thing, you know, so that people dancing in the street and having little things and people playing banjos and rubbish. like. I I, I go out shopping to shop. Not to say all that rubbish. If I wanted to see a show, I'll go and pay for a show. I want somebody dancing around in front of the council. But that's what's happening. It's uh, There are a lot of things going on at once, but overall, if you've not got skin in the game, right? if you're not invested in shopping, if you're not really in there, if you're a council who thinks, my job is to close shops and allow people to run like fools all over the place and find entertainment and all this sort of rubbish, I was going to say a different word, then you'll get what you're getting now. And And the answer actually is, for me, Apple are right. What Apple have got is a showroom. Well, well if we had a, a financial services thing, we've got a showroom at Newburn. Our clients are happy to go there. You can come in, you can wander around. We don't have single offices. We don't have separate offices. Why would you have a separate office from the people you're working with? What's going on there? I mean, I want to talk about somebody. I go like that and whisper about them. Right. I don't need to go in a different room to talk about them. If I don't like somebody, I sack them. Right? That as it, simple as that. They're not working. And that showroom concept is what Apple actually, apart from it here, pioneered. You can go in there, you can play with it, you can try it out, you can talk to the geek that and up to you with it, but they're using the same stuff. They're ordering using the same stuff. They're using their own gear. Right? And that's the difference. You only know if something works when you use it. We are invested in these funds ourselves, right? So we know I know the things going up or down. before anybody else? Hopefully not before. <laughs> not not before Chris and Jeff, but certainly I know pretty quickly. I'll uh, well, probably know at the same time as then. It comes through live there and then. So for me, the mixture this is nothing, this is horrible what's going on. You know, horrible. Um and, and it's very difficult to explain that some of these deaths would have occurred in any case. That's that's not ever going to be a message anybody right now is ever going to listen to. They've lost the mum, the dads, whatever. It's just awful. Right. But at the end of the day, we will come out of this. And the companies which come out. Fastest will be the ones who were better going in. You know, if it was already going on, if you already had a way of working that can survive this, but actually, as with Amazon, they'll come out much stronger. Yeah, they 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 will come out much stronger. Um, we, you know, and I know it's not a popular thing. Personally, I I wouldn't tax them. <laughs> but there you go. I'm a little bit. I'm getting a bit political. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay. Tax anybody? Corporation tax. It just stops them working here and employing people and providing jobs. But there you go. There's a. There's a. All all my uh, left wing listeners will go, Whoa. oh, you know, typical. But it's not. I mean, I, I you know, I'm talking about. Um, I, I pay my taxes. I'd I pay your taxes as well. I pay everybody's taxes. But I invest they- in oil.
0: They a true potential are going to come out of this stronger because of the way we've adopted over the, the, the last couple of months. And, uh, you know,
3: yeah. we, 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 would
2: have, we would have already uh, uh, we could do without more. We, we could do without all this, frankly. Um, but, you know, we will uh, and we will come out of this. Well, we have already come out of this stronger um that's we've found new ways of working we've found new methods and processes which are hugely more efficient um because we've been forced to and you could ask the question why didn't we do it in the first place well we're like anyway i wouldn't say we're lazy but we're just normal people you know um you you know if you if you want to see the, the the sort of motivation at work ask somebody to walk across the road and time them So they walk across the road, normally go there on the other side, there's a prize, walk across that road. And they walk across the road and it takes them three, four seconds, five seconds. They walk across the road and the bus comes, they cross there in two seconds. When when something happens like that, it's amazing what he can do. Or not. (laughs) It takes two seconds or nothing because you're dead. That's it. <laughs> right. But if you survive that, if you survive that crisis, you found that you can actually sprint, you know, or, or you can leap, or you can scream, or you can die. And this is this is what's going on right now. Firms and people are becoming either fragile, uh, or they're becoming more resilient, or they're becoming anti-fragile, which means they actually... Um, gain from this and that's not a horrible thing that's not been morally reprehensible you you will in any case you would all you know people amazon would have done better in any case as a business model and apple uh, and and the rest of them they they will do well and our, our job is to pick the managers who've got the brains to do that and our job is to spread that across all of these things so that we will get something wrong and we'll get something right and then balance out and you'll get the sort of results that we're getting right now, you know, which is, I wish I'd bought at the bottom. I wish I had some money left. I'd be like everybody else. I'd only found some money when I could have called the bottom.
0: um, And part of what we've been doing is is, um, advisor uh, webinars and I know Jeff and Chris have to leave us now to go. We've got about 400 advisors are waiting for to listen to what they're going to say about uh, the portfolios and about investment so gentlemen feel free to to um to log off and um we'll wind up the this morning's webinar without you
3: okay Okay. Okay. thank you very much thanks guys
1: see
0: everybody david you're absolutely right what you're saying and we we built the portfolios on diversification that's getting a widespread of investment picking the winners and and picking the professionals amongst the teams that we have to, to run money for us. You know, Steve was part of this at UBS. We've got a very good investment team in Newcastle and we've got the best managers around the world managing money for us, which feed into the portfolios. So it's, it's, diversification will see us through this. It's had the results so far um, and it will continue to be the place to invest. Cash isn't an alternative. We've already discussed that this morning. Everybody needs to use the tax allowances that they have in the UK. Look beyond the next few weeks and months. Steve, thank you for your time this morning. nice to join the podcast. David, as always, Thanks, Mark. thank you. And we'll speak again in an hour. Yeah, we will, I'll send you that will. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks everyone for watching podcast on the 24th of April Uh, have a good day have a pleasant weekend everybody bye-bye thank
3: you